Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Bear in Mind podcast brought to you by the Evans Law Group. My name is Neil Rule, the broadcast voice of the Golden Grizzlies. If you're hearing this for the first time on our social media channels, remember you can subscribe to the Bear in Mind podcast. Just search Golden Grizzlies, hashtag Bear in Mind on SoundCloud, iTunes, whatever it is your preferred platform is. Click subscribe and you are in there as we continue to make our way towards uh, right around 25,000 total listens, which is pretty crazy to think about it. And a guy that's responsible for a lot of those listens joins us here today, the director of athletics, Steve Waterfield. And Steve, I, I always you know, I always enjoy the opportunity to sit down and talk with you, kind of pick your brain on what's going on. First off, how are things, my friend? I'm doing well. We're uh, tail end of the season for our spring sports and uh, getting through the end of the academic year. So it's uh, it's uh, it's going well, and it's uh, it's uh, continues to be golf season. So I'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. And Steve, I, I do want to get into the, the topic du jour, which which certainly, uh, if you click on Twitter for about four seconds, you know the, the the big news right now around the college athletics world, certainly the transfer portal. But real quickly, Steve, uh, just to kind of go off board on you and get everybody caught up to date, and you spoke about that the spring season, uh, all the sports going on, the soccers, the volleyballs, uh, wrapping up baseball, softball, everything. And, and we've been pushing our way through, haven't we, Steve? I mean, when, when you look at it from the perspective, this was a daunting task when all this started. But I, I think we all as a department kind of passed that test with uh, with flying colors. I agree. I mean, I'm proud of, of what we've done as a department, the sports programs we've got right now, uh, men's and women's golf, baseball, softball, uh, women's tennis and men's and women's outdoor track and field that are still going. Our men's soccer team is hoping to get an at-large bid in the NCAA tournament. We'll know that uh, this weekend, and we'll see what happens. But we're we're at less than 50% total sports that are still going. Our esports team is still going as well. So uh, we're, we're getting close to it, and for a lot of them, it's crunch time, two to three to four weeks to go before the Horizon League uh, championships start for their respective sports. Absolutely. So, Steve, I do want to get into that topic du jour as we talked about because, again, you go through the social media channels, you click on ESPN, uh, Sirius Satellite Radio, anything. Everything in the college athletics world revolving around those two words, transfer portal, and that was the main reason I wanted to get with you here today on the Bear in Mind podcast and rap about that. And first off, Steve, the news dropped that student-athletes will have the opportunity to transfer without having to take a redshirt year up, without having to miss any time. I believe the last count that I saw as far as men's basketball goals, over 1,200 student-athletes now in the transfer portal. And just take us through that, Steve, because this isn't something where one day the NCAA just pops up and says, hey, this is how it's going to be. I know there's a lot of communication. I know you're taking a part in a lot of communication as well. Take us all through that process, I guess, Steve. Walk in the room and turn the light on. Yeah, sure. I mean, we, we thought it was actually going to get passed last year, and there was legislation that was going to be considered at the Division One level, and the pandemic led to a pause in considering that legislation. So it's not a surprise. We knew it was forthcoming. We knew there was going to be a, a high likelihood it was going to be passed. And so what happened yesterday uh, that ultimately gets official on the 28th of April when the board of directors at the Division One level meets is nothing that we didn't see coming. It's uh, what they put in place that I think people knew was there was going to be some notification dates in the legislation. We didn't know what those exactly were going to be, and they have those in what was passed. So not a surprise. We were prepared for it. Uh, clearly, given the number of men's basketball student-athletes in the portal, they were ready for it as well, or expecting it because of the, the large number that are in the portal. 
Uh, and it really is one something that we've talked as a horizontally group of athletic directors, but also nationally of uh, to me, it's a very good thing. I'm very supportive of the student athletes having that freedom to transfer uh, as they want. Now we just need to see what the consequences are, the results, and no one knows what it's going to look like, but you figure it out and you move forward. But at the end of the day, it's a great, to me, it's a great piece of legislation for our student athletes. And Steve, just to piggyback on that point a little bit, that's something that, that you've been consistent with from day one, the, the first day that you and I talked about anything that had to do with what was going on around the NCA and in college athletics and everything like that, you've been very much supportive of student athletes and, and their, I guess you, I don't want to say rights or freedoms or anything like that, but I mean, just as far as their ability uh, to take ownership, uh, not only of, of their of their academic career, but their athletic career as well. Uh, this is just another step up that where the student athletes can take ownership of that. Yeah, I've always believed they should have the ability to transfer to a different school like any student can transfer to a different school. The rules are in place for, in the one-time transfer exception, I mean, this existed for most of our sports for a long time, and we've survived, and those sports continue to survive in, in are competitive and have a successful season. So it's not as though we haven't dealt with this in other sports, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think they should be able to leave uh, when they want uh, and pursue opportunities based on whatever is motivating them to do so. And for a certain number of sports here, men's basketball, women's basketball and baseball, uh, there was not that opportunity for the one-time transfer exception. And so I'm glad that those student athletes and others that didn't have it have now had that opportunity. Talking to Steve Waterfield here, Director of Athletics for the Golden Grizzlies on the Bear in Mind podcast, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. Remember, subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. Just search Bear in Mind or Golden Grizzlies. Click subscribe, and you are in there the rest of the way. Uh, Steve was kind enough to take some questions from Twitter as well. I have those lined up. We'll get to those in just a couple of moments, but we're talking the transfer portal right now. And, and Steve, I do want to back up on another thing that you mentioned uh, in your opening remarks about the transfer portal situation. And and this is something I, I think that we're going to hear this phrase a lot uh, with, with college athletics and with the name, image, and likeness stuff that you and I will talk about probably on the next episode uh, that we do. Unintended consequences, I, I think, is, is going to become a buzzword around around college athletics because when everybody sits down to do these things, Steve, and, and to enact these types of things, everybody's doing it from a, from a position of good faith, and, and you want good things to happen, like you talked about. But in, in college athletics, I guess, as within life from time to time, there are that uh, those unintended consequences, and that's certainly something that, that we'll all be prepared to deal with at some point, I would think, right? Yeah, I think we'll see as this plays out really what those happen to be. And we go in thinking what they could be, but we don't know what they will be. And one of the things I'll touch upon briefly is the whole academic progress rate where schools get points for eligibility and retention of student-athletes. Now with this transfer rule, how is that, if any, if it will be changed at all, how is that going to change? Or will it stay the same? And how do we figure that part of it out? Because in the past it was because there was a concern that sports programs across the board might be uh, running student-athletes off or pushing them out. In this case, it could be just as likely the student-athlete wants to leave. 
in that the program would like to keep him or her at the school, but they want to go and they have that opportunity and great, and and they do that. So what is that going to look like from an APR standpoint, a graduation rate standpoint? Both things that the NCAA is currently looking into and will need to address as we figure out what the consequences are and which ones were intended and which ones were unintended. Talking Transfer Portal here on the Bear in Mind podcast brought to you by the Evans Law Group. My name is Neil Rule. He is Steve Waterfield, the Director of Athletics for the Oakland Golden Grizzlies. And Steve, I mentioned it before, uh, you were kind enough to be agreeable to take questions from Twitter. Are, are you ready to knock down a few of those? We had a, we had a bunch that came flying in. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy to, to take some. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, it's topical. We're talking Transfer Portal right now. And ironically enough, the first question we have, Matt from the Horizon Roundtable wants to know, says, uh, Steve, I would love to hear your take on the transfer portal, especially with men's basketball and their consistent issue of transfers, including important pieces of the team. Do you worry there's a culture issue, as some former players may have claimed? Are these, or are these just spiteful words from kids? Yeah, I mean, and I'll, I'll as far as the, the transfer portal as a whole, I, I just think it's there's people going to the portal for a lot of reasons. Uh, and if you look at who's in the portal, if you go to any of the sites that track those that have entered the portal, you have, I'm, I'm not playing enough. I want to play more. I want to play a different position. I want to move closer to home. I w- wanted to position myself at maybe a, a what was considered more of a power five program. I want to play more, which may mean I'm not going to a power five program. I don't think it's an either or. I will say I have no concerns about the culture in men's basketball. I don't know some just speculative or some of the conjecture, uh, but I don't think it's if the culture is good in men's basketball, that means it's, I don't know, what spiteful kids or whatever that is. I don't think it's that either. I think people leave for so many different reasons that it's not an either or, and a lot of factors go into it. And I always for any student athlete in any sport, not just the ones that now have the ability to transfer freely, I want them to be at a place where they're happy and that they want to go to school and they want to compete in athletics. And I hope it's Oakland University. I think Oakland University is a wonderful school and a wonderful opportunity to compete in Division One athletics. If it isn't, I wish them well. I, I don't uh, preclude student athletes at the time when you had to approve who they got to talk to and that changed a few years ago. I'd never, you can talk to anybody you want, you can go to any school you want. Um, there were times where they had to sit out because that's what the rule was. In this case, it doesn't require them to sit out in those few sports where you still had to. And I wish them well, and hopefully they're able to pursue what they want to pursue and have success doing it wherever they decide to go. And Steve, just to go a little bit further on that point as well, I think as people, uh, a lot of times, and, and I'm certainly guilty of this, I, I, I point the finger out with three of them pointing back at me, and I understand that fully when I say this, uh, we're more... We're more aware, we're more hit by it when it happens to us in our backyard. So, so if you're if you're a big-time Golden Grizzlies fan, which chances are you are if you're listening to this, uh, you notice it a little more when it happens to your program. But when you take a step back, and this was something where this was really driven home to me, really the scope and the magnitude of all this, you have the Kansases of the world, the Dukes of the world, the UCLAs of the world. I mean, no, nobody... Nobody is walking away from this unimpacted, I, I guess you would say. I mean, you have Power 5 institutions that have 10 players, uh, men's basketball players in the portal right now. I mean, this is something that with 1,200 <laughs> with twelve hundred student-athletes in the transfer portal right now, it touches every program, Power 5, mid-major, wherever you're at. Uh, it, it's going to have an impact on your program. Uh, exactly, and it's fascinating because if you look at the schools that uh, have – 
student-athletes in the, in the transfer portal, again, based on the, the websites that, that pull that information. You've had schools with coaching changes, no coaching changes, great years, bad years, uh, sc- schools that were in the tournament, not in the tournament. I mean, it's all over the board. Power five, schools that aren't in the power five, blue blood programs, as they're defined oftentimes, non-blue blood programs. It's No one's immune to this, and end of the day, no one's going to be immune to whatever the benefits and the negative consequences could be. Um, again, I don't really think there's um, negative consequences anytime you're allowed to empower the student athlete because end of the day they need to decide to pursue what options they want to pursue um, and it's up to the institutions the programs to figure out how to continue to have success how to continue to provide a good experience for the student athletes in those programs moving forward whoever comes in whoever stays whoever leaves all those things Talking to Steve Waterfield here on the Bear in Mind podcast brought to you by the Evans Law Group. My name is Neil Rule, the voice of the Golden Grizzlies. Happy you are with us on iTunes and SoundCloud, social media channels, however you're consuming it. We're certainly glad that you are. Steve Waterfield, kind enough to take some questions from Twitter. Uh, if you're listening to this for the first time, too, remember in, in the in the future, we, we visit with Steve a lot. We kind of get the 35,000-foot view of what's going on, not only around the Oakland programs, but around the country, everything that impacts uh, college sports as we know it. We got some more here on Twitter. At uh, BK McDonald wants to know, Steve, it says, a few years ago, I remember discussions about adding Division One hockey team to athletics. Is that still being explored as a possibility, or is that not in the plans anymore? Yeah, good question. Not in the plans anymore. Um, I, I'm happy with, we've got 19 varsity sports here, and my uh, goal and what we want to do as a department is to take the pie and we've grown it we've done to, to, to ben fielder and his staff and so many uh loyal and supportive donors we've grown the amount of money we've raised but i want to continue to grow that pie for each of the current sports um and looking at the kind of the the business model expenses and not just the cost of adding the program but the title nine implications of like adding another women's sport and then the staffing implications of both not only coaching but otherwise it just isn't the right decision for Oakland University or the athletics department doesn't mean I don't love hockey as a sport but if I'm looking to move us forward collectively I want to focus on the current programs we have right now Tom Lauder wants to know Steve is there an update on the golf practice facility has this been funded through construction or just through the design phase I'm very curious thanks yeah, so we, we have a, a very generous gift to fund the design piece of it, and we actually had the kickoff meeting with the design team about a week and a half, two weeks ago, and they're starting to move through that process, doing some site surveying, site work, and looking at how to best fit the programming needs of our student-athletes uh, into uh, a facility and a footprint. We have two world-class golf courses here at Oakland University. Uh, we have two world-class head coaches, Nick Pumford on the men's side and Alyssa uh, Gus on the women's side. And as a school in the Midwest, a big challenge is what do you do during the winter? And this facility will answer that question at a high uh, first-class level through uh, the support of uh, the Elliott family, uh, Chad Elliott, Hugh, and Nancy to get the design piece moving. And then once we get that moving, we'll finish the fundraising for the rest of the project and get that going. But I'm excited for it. It'll be a game changer for the athletics department. It will be a game changer for our golf programs. Those are two programs that I think have tremendous potential, and they've had success in the Horizon League, not just to get to the NCAA men's and women's golf championships, but to make some noise. And having this facility will be a critical part of that. All right, Steve, we've got another one here from Michael Pierce. Uh, 
he was a writer during his because actually I, I know Michael is uh, is graduating, so congratulations to him uh, as he has uh, wrapped up his time with the Oakland Post. Uh, but he wants to know on a personal level, Stephen, and this is where I appreciate Michael Pierce because I know that he's a product of our Grizzbiz uh, men's basketball pregame show conversations because this is an insider question that only someone who listens to that would know, Steve. So I certainly am appreciative to Michael. Congratulations on uh, becoming part of the uh, Oakland family as well. Uh, if Steve Waterfield had to choose between a Brown Super Bowl or an Oakland basketball round of 64 tournament win, what's he taking? I know, I know, the, I know your answer to this, but you still got to think about it for a second. Yeah, I mean, uh, you think about it because it took 44 years for a Cleveland sports team to actually win its first championship. I waited 44 years. Other others might have might have waited longer. We'll put it that way. But obviously, the Oakland uh, men's basketball victory in the, in the round of 64, and, and hopefully more than that after that. And the reason why is having seen and been at schools where the team has won in the NCAA tournament in that round of 64 and after. It's huge for the basketball program. It's huge for the athletics department, but it means so much for the entire university alumni and community that I envision the day and I know that we will get there where it happens and I can't wait for people to enjoy it and be a part of it because I know what it means. Um, and it would be shared with some for thousands of people in the OU athletics family, the OU family as a whole. It'd be wonderful. Um, Hey, I got the Cavs championship. I love the Browns, don't get me wrong, but uh, at some point uh, after Oakland wins in the first round of the tournament, uh, the Browns will get a championship at some point. I just got to continue to stay in good shape and watch what I eat so I can stay around long, and that maybe if it's 95, when I'm 95, it happens, but uh, definitely the, the win in the tournament. Uh, yeah, Stephen, and that is uh, that's something certainly us Lions fans here uh, can sympathize with. <laughs> There's no question. Well, I'm waiting for the Lions and the Browns to make it and play each other in the Super Bowl, and then somehow like the worlds will collide, and it'll be like something out of Avengers, where something just just you can't deal with the, uh, the the kinetic forces involved when that happens. So hopefully for both of us, it does happen sooner than later. Yeah, 2057, the 100 year anniversary. That, that that makes a perfect movie. That would uh, that's that certainly there would you do. Go. It. All right, Steve, we got one more here before we let you go, and I'll, I'll say this. I'll say it this way. Uh, Jamie W wants to know: Can you please ask Steve what he plans to cook for dinner next week? I, I assume are you doing the uh, are you playing the part of the uh, the, the stay at home dad, the single dad next week? Is is that what's going on? You know what we've started to do, and my my wonderful wife Jamie, we've started to switch weeks where we make dinner, whether okay. we're gone or home, or she's gone or home. And I will say that she could probably go on hiatus for many months, uh, probably going years, and I need to catch up on kind of kind of filling up the stagger of meals that need to be made but we started to do that and so next week is my week and I will and I keep it simple and I am very intimidated when a recipe has a lot of ingredients in it so I just immediately cross those off the list one of my go-to recipe books is a three ingredient recipe book which is right up my alley uh, think uh, I'm gonna probably go ribs I got a great rib recipe from my mother-in-law which I didn't actually screw up and I know if I screw it up Austin and Davis will tell me with their one to ten ratings and they're they're <laughs> merciless when they give me the rating score they liked it so we're good and Jamie actually said it was good too uh, so I'm thinking ribs and then it's getting warmer out it was tough when it got cold because I'm a grill guy because I can do some stuff on the grill not 
complicated, but it's a lot easier than, than doing stuff uh, around the stove in the oven uh, for me. So we'll do some stuff on the grill, maybe some steak, some chicken. Um, there's a, a salmon, and um, I don't do a lot of pasta because I'm not a big pasta guy, but Austin loves pasta, so I might have to throw him a bone. And they also keep pushing for breakfast for dinner. So I might need to pull out a breakfast recipe and throw it for dinner as as a curveball for him. So um, I'll get through it, and then I'll be happy to – Jamie can take the next week and, or the week after, and we'll keep going back and forth. So um, I'll, next time we talk, I'll let you know how the ribs went. Absolutely, and it's funny to me, Steve. I, I always say this. Yeah, I say it to you publicly here when we do these types of things. I say it to you privately too if we're walking, you know, in, in the hallway of the arena or whatever. You and I are, are pretty much the same guy, Steve. We the, the, the same the same obstacles, I guess you would say. Uh, give me that grill. I I did grill even in January, even in February. I just bring the grill really close to the sliding door, and uh, and just do it that way. So I, I grill all year long, and uh, yeah, easier the better, no doubt about it. Uh, Steve, appreciate your time, uh, and I always say this: appreciate your candor as well. Uh, your your desire to you know stand in front and take the questions and let everybody know what they want to know certainly certainly goes appreciated not only by me but by the Golden Grizzlies fans as well appreciate your time Steve yeah I appreciate it Neil glad for the folks that uh, brought in the questions and let's do it again soon yeah absolutely we will it, it, it's a constant thing so for the director of athletics Steve Waterfield my name is Neil Rule the voice of the Golden Grizzlies thank you everybody for listening to the Bear in Mind podcast brought to you by the Evans Law Group well see you later